Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. It's been one of those seasons, but as always, I am Alexis Cubitt, the high school sports writer at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, joined by Ryan King, sports director at KLBK. Ryan, this was, uh, we had a lot of teams eliminated this week. Uh, a lot of, some were surprising, others maybe weren't, um, but we do still have teams going, which is, you know, something. So, uh, you know, this week we'll have Idaloo, for example, still undefeated, still going. They'll have a big one in Canadian that they'll play this week. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, another one, jump down to some TAPS games. Shout out to Trinity Christian for winning their first ever playoff game. Uh, they beat Tyler All Saints pretty handily. So they'll be going on to play at Pantigo Christian this week. Also have Kingdom Prep, who is just now starting playoff action. Um, they had the bye this past week, ended the season with the win over Lubbock Titans. I actually caught up with Coach Jeff Klein to talk about that game and how this will be the first time for both programs they'll play on a Tuesday to start the playoffs. Kind of different. They'll play Faustina um, at Bryson ISD at 2 p.m. tomorrow. We're filming this on Monday. So uh, when you cut, when this comes out, they'll be just a few hours away from, from game time. So good luck to to Kingdom Prep on that one. Um, and like I mentioned, talk to Coach Klein. So be sure to stay tuned for that one. But Ryan, this is a team that, uh, you know, Kingdom Prep had a lot of seniors last year um, that graduated. And so Coach talked about how he was kind of concerned about how that chemistry was going to go. But it just seems like, you know, whether it was Justin Cunningham, McKellen, McKellen Bundy, uh, they just had a guy that has stepped up this season. And he goes into that and talks about, you know, how uh, deep they are as far as that goes. But, you know, it just seems like they're they're really rolling again this year. Yeah, Kingdom Prep, I've been lucky enough. I've gone out to their practices when we do our uh, Blitz previews each August, uh, the last three seasons. And each year, you can just see the difference that they've the, – the, the jumps they've made. So I did my research from four years ago, and they were, like, winless, maybe one win. You go out there, you can see they're building. They're not there yet. They ended up winning a few games. They weren't great, but they were they were sort of I think they snuck into the playoffs. I'm not sure about that. Then I went last year, and you could just tell the team was bigger. They were more experienced. They ended up making the playoffs. Now they got bounced early, but they had a really good regular season. And now this year, they ran right through the regular season like you expected. They've really built a program out there. Like you mentioned, you had when you have a head coach, and I think this goes across private schools and six man and probably even two A. When you have a coach that's invested and stays year after year after year, that's how you build a program on those smaller levels. Right. Some of those places will not get better or they'll get better for a short time and then regress because the coach is there one or two seasons. And you know it, Alexis, the turnover at those levels is it's very high. Yeah. So when you have a six-man taps, which is about as small as it gets, a six-man taps coach – stay there year after year after year. And he's like, he's everything. You know, he, he coaches men's uh, boys, basketball, football. He's all encompassing there within that athletic department. You can tell the guys believe in him. He's building a system there. He's building something special. And I love shooting kingdom prep games. I love going to their practice. I got to shoot them uh, earlier this year. Of course, the one game they lost um, when they got to play. <laughs> eternity. You're not uh, back at their games. I know, right? No kidding. But they, <laughs> they are, they are a legitimate team. Kingdom prep is, um, 
And I, I really do think that they have built something special they're going to continue to. And you mentioned every week when we're calling highlights, you hear the same names, but it's not the same one or two names. It's like four, five, six guys that continually are doing things. And they are very physical for a tap six man. Um, they're very skilled. And I do, I really do think they're, they are a special program with all, with all things considered of where they are. I think they're very special. Yeah, they'll be going up against a Faustina team, also 5-1 and one on the season. Uh, Faustina looks like they haven't lost since uh, October 9th. Um, so definitely should be a good game. Um, looking forward to, to seeing what happens there with them. Um, like I mentioned also in TAPS, Trinity Christian getting their first ever playoff win. Didn't realize that they hadn't had one of those ever. Uh, just Davis Reed, just Davis Reeves just seems like a really special kid. I mean, they had Justin Franco last year for, you know, running the ball and it seems like Davis is filled in in that spot too. And, you know, that, that run game just seems to be something that uh, they hang their hat on, especially there with coach Spiller. Um, just, I mean, it's just a really cool deal to see what they've been able to do right now. It's honest. It was really cool. You see last year, remember they almost upset uh, Lovett Christian late in the year that they went into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They don't get that win, but this year it's like, man, are they going to get it or not? They've kind of been kind of chugging through the season and to get that win, you talk about building a program that, that is, that is something that truly builds a program. Like it's one thing to have, and this is what I'm saying about kingdom prep. It's one thing to run through a regular season, play well, but it's different to get to the playoffs and win in advance when your backs are against the wall every game. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big one, regardless of what happens going forward for Trinity. That's a major, that's a major step this year to add a win here late in the season, you know, in the postseason. Um, I think that really shows a program that's also taking a step similar to Kingdom Prep. They're not at the level of Kingdom Prep yet where you're just like dominating the regular season, you know, and making t- playoff runs. But that's a significant step. I don't think you can oversell a first playoff win. Like that. that's that's a lot to hang your hat on as a pro. I, I promise you that'll be something we talk about next August and September in the preseason and early in the year building on the – I mean, it's weird to say, but the best postseason they've ever had. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too, and it being Coach Spiller's only second year, you know, I think it helps that he has a UIL background. And so, you know, it's a different kind of competition, not better, not worse, just different um, that he can bring to this level. Um, you know, and the thing I like about them is they kind of take their lumps early. Like last year, they didn't have the best record, but ended up going undefeated in district um, this season. They weren't undefeated in district, had some losses here and there, like you mentioned, um, to Lubbock Christian little hand more handily this year but I mean they won playoff game so uh like you said definitely something that they can build on um moving forward and you know see if they can kind of get that momentum again against Pantigo which is going to be a tough challenge um I don't believe Pantigo has a loss um so that's something to to kind of consider but I'm sure they'll go in there and you know do what they can um so it should be definitely fun competition. Yeah. We actually do have a team, a couple of teams, but in the smaller ranks, a team that is also undefeated. The only team left from classes, well, TAPS too, but classes one through four, eight, it's undefeated. Those Idle Wildcats, that was, I mean, as dominant of a win over an Alpine program that as you would expect. You know, Idle, the thing I like about Idle, there's such a, like a blue collar, you know, hard nosed team that 
they just run the ball and they have multiple guys that can run the ball and they just play so hard on defense. I love when a team takes the persona of their head coach. And I don't know if we have one in our area that fits it better than Idaloo. If you talk to coach Lofton and you watch Idaloo, they are about mirrors of each other. Like him as a coach, the way he is, the way he coaches, they are tough. They play tough defense. They run the ball hard. Uh, their guys are never discouraged no matter what's going on in a game. You can tell they are always just pounding away. Um, and while it was I, – I could – I don't know how to say it. For me, at least, I would say it was probably expected what they did in their playoff game. It was still very impressive. Like, to still win a game that way, I would have been more surprised for me personally if the final score was like 28-24. Like, I expected Idaloo to probably go in there and dominate. But it was still just to see it – it was still very impressive in the second round of the playoffs to almost put up a 50 burger on somebody and give up nothing is yeah. You really cannot be more dominant because I mean, usually people can say, well, you technically could, you know, you can score in the fifties or sixties when you're up by that much, there's a certain point you don't have that killer instinct anymore. So I don't know if there's much more you can ask for than a uh, 49 to nothing over an Alpine team that you even mentioned. They're not a bad team. This isn't a team that is just like, Oh yeah, they're going to roll in that. Like it's that, that, that's an impressive win. Yeah, the thing is, you know, 49 to 0, that's a uh, like you mentioned, obviously they could have gotten to 50, I'm sure if they wanted to, but we talked about this I think a couple weeks ago. That district that they paired up with in the first round was not an easy district with the Spearman Canadian Friona um who they ended up playing and Friona made it more of a game 62-35 was that final score. Um but I felt like from that district, whether it was in the Abernathy Childress, you know, uh, Spearman Roosevelt, whoever came out of those games, out of those two districts playing each other, I had a feeling yeah. would still be playing right now. Um, and when you look at it, Idaloo's still playing, um, Canadian is still playing, who is going to be their opponent. And then Childress and Spearman will play each other in this next round. Yeah. Obviously, a, a district rematch for them. Um, I... I wish I could go to that Canadian Spearman. There's a whole bunch of games this week, or a lot. There's not a ton of games, but the ones are very high, very high quality games. Yeah, exactly. So we'll actually have um, our sister paper from Amarillo. We passed one. We'll be covering that game, um, but that should be. I think that has a potential of being a, like a classic, almost like that Canadian well, Idaloo. It's do we finally tough. have a West Texas because team that can beat them? Because Abernathy every year would run into Canadian, whether it was this round or the next yeah. round, every time. And even last year, I mean, they were – last year was the closest one. I mean, that, that Abernathy team was very close. They were right in with them till the end, and Canadian ended up pulling it up. But is Idaloo finally the one out here in West Texas that can knock off the power uh, Canadian? You know, it's very interesting. I think – yeah, uh, I think the difference in maybe um, – Idaloo and Abernathy last year is Idaloo doesn't really have one guy you can agree. key in it's, on. It's a, it's a much more – it's like, a deeper team. It doesn't have that one star, but yeah. I agree it has a deeper team. I'd agree with that. Yeah, like you can kind of say, okay, you know, Jared Jack's the quarterback, so watch him. But, you know, you have Ryan Lozano who's kind of shifty and, and can go different ways. Um, but then you also have Brock Leatherwood who's just a, a tough kid, like we talked about, kind of embodies the, the character of this team where he's just, you know – I mean, he, his main thing was defense last year, and, and I think he played some offense last year, but that was kind of the the main area where you keyed in on him. But this season, you know, being that that guy to run the ball too, I mean, it just 
aspects to it. Um, so I think that's going to be – that should be really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I think they have multiple guys. They are a deeper team. Now, does that, does that mean they were better than Aber- – is this year's Idaloo team better than last year's Abernathy? I don't know. But it is a different dynamic. Because, no, no one on this team is as good as Bryson Daly, you know, obviously. But you can say that the depth of the team is better than what Abernathy was last year, you know. But on the right. high school level, one guy really can either keep you in a game or win you a game. I mean, like I said, they were right in that Canadian game last year. So I'm very it's – a, it's a very interesting um, – it's a very interesting matchup for Ida Lewis. Like, not to put too much into it, but, I mean, this is kind of an obvious thing to say, even though it sounds weird, because Canadians, number one, it might be the state championship for Ida Lewis. I mean, if you can win this game, you're, you're by, by, by the rankings, you're not going to take on a tougher team the rest of the year. Yeah, so let's see. So if they win this one, they would play the winner of the Canadian – or the – excuse me – if Idaho beats Canadian, they play the winner of the Childress Spearman. If you if you beat Canadian, you should beat anybody yeah, from that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you have let's see on um, for Region Two, you have Eastland and Holiday playing one another. City View and Gunter playing one another. Gunter. Eastland. Those Texas like pronunciations uh, from Region Four. Rogers and Buffalo play one another. Franklin and Lexington play one another. Then from Region 3, we have West, Rusk, and Wascom, and then Elysian Fields and Pewitt. So, um, yeah, however that, that kind of comes down to, I mean, you yeah. can put yourself in really good position if you can beat a Canadian team that, like you said, has come out of this region um, for some time. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to, to that good one. Um, but we have a, a couple good ones in this area. Um, first one being what's good, probably going to be another – meeting later down the road with Lubbock Cooper and with Shell Falls Ryder. Ryder being ranked number eight, Cooper being ranked number nine in Class 8, 5A Division Two. That's just always a fun game. Uh, last year's score kind of got out of hand, but it, for that first half, it was still one of those where you just – you didn't know how it was going to go because, you know, two years ago in 2018, Ryder wins regular season and then – or yeah, right? No, 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 that's not right. I think Cooper won the regular season, right? Cooper won regular season, and then Ryder won in the postseason. Um, that did not get lost upon the Pirates. Then <laughs> they win regular season, um, which, you know, I'm sure they were glad about, but for them, that postseason one would mean more. Yep. They ended up getting that one um, in a pretty dominant fashion. Like I said, that second half push was just crazy. Ab- Abilene Wiley, right? That yeah. Abilene Wiley game, yeah. Yeah. And so I got to, to be out there for that. And it was history because it was the first time they'd ever made the state semifinals. Obviously uh, lost in that, that game to Alito. We all know what happened there. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of like everybody says, for them to be so far away, you wouldn't think it'd be a rivalry. But it's just something fun about when those two teams come together and play one another. I think it's as much of a rivalry as you can get when you're not in this the same town or same area. Yeah. Uh, and especially this year, well, we've already talked about it in weeks past. This game has been getting built up for like three weeks because we found out, what was it on Tuesday, maybe Monday, Tuesday, something like that, that the game was, you know, postponed because of uh, Cooper's COVID-19 outbreak. And we knew, wow, day after Thanksgiving, that's going to make it extra exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's just been a long time coming. So it's, it, it's pretty fitting that now instead of, 
it was going to be that game with two more. Now it's that game with only one more, and this is going to decide a lot with the district, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so it's honestly pretty fitting and should be a very fun game. And I, I guarantee, you know, last year, last week, Cooper was very happy to, uh, I don't think you can put a whole lot of stock in the Wiley game just because they were off for two weeks and all that. But they were at home, which is nice. Now they're at home again. So you come off of two weeks dormant and you get two weeks at home. That that's pretty nice. Like that I I haven't talked to Coach Jordan this week, but just the way he was talking about being happy at home against Wiley, I'm sure he's thrilled to be happy at home against Ryder. Yeah, I think that Wiley game was kind of a a dip in the toe to kind of see how things go. Um, because they very well could have lost it. Uh, Wiley came back and made a a good run yes. and uh Balin Valentine with the two touchdown throws. Um so Wiley definitely has much improved as we've talked about from maybe past years uh, with coach Martin there, who's a very man, nice man, by the way, I had a chance to talk to him um, a little bit before and after the game. Um, and so I think, I don't think this Cooper team took them lightly. I just think Wiley made a good last second push there at the end, but I mean, Cooper has a really good team. So they have to kind of overcome it with some things. Cooper LeFaber had a good game and kind of controlling that offense. Then they just have playmakers on defense, whether it was, you know, Garrison Smitherman, Rylan Wilcox, uh, Jordan Kirkpatrick had a good second half. Um, Kobe McKenzie, shout out to Kobe. He not only played a good defensive game, but had a score. He actually scored on really? the points. That was – he wow. had two yards out. They put him in. Um, he ended up finishing, I think, with like two or one or no, two or three carries um, for a few yards. But that was pretty awesome to to see him. I remember, you know, sitting in the box and I was like, okay, that's not, it's not Ethan. You know, it's definitely not Cooper Judge. You know, so then I looked and I'm like, no, they don't have two number twos. That's that's Kobe. Yeah. So, uh, talk to Coach Darn about that. Something they've kind of been working on to just uh, get their playmakers out in the field. So. Uh, believe that was his first varsity offensive touchdown. Um, so very cool thing for for Kobe. Uh, Good for him. Yeah, it was kind of a, a neat moment there. Uh, I know the guys were all excited for him, and so you know you have that. Um, and then we know what Ryder has. They you know they return. I think pretty much everybody from last year's team, including a Virginia Tech commit. Uh, or excuse me, sorry. Ah. Uh, I do not want to get that confused. A Virginia committee in uh, their quarterback. So it's definitely going to be a Texas Tech commit at tight end. Yeah. Tight ends. Jed Castle's coming to Texas Tech very soon. Yeah. So multiple Division One guys, you know, that they have. Um, so, I mean, Cooper knows that, you know, the Pirates aren't, aren't going to lay down for that. But like you mentioned, it's just exciting because even though, yeah, it, it was kind of a bummer for them not to play when they're supposed to, I think this is a pretty cool deal to play yeah. the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, I I think when it, it sucked at the time two weeks or I guess three weeks ago now. Um, but now that we're here, it, it we even said at the time, like it now does set up better than mm-hmm. even it did before. Um, but even talking to Coach Jordan – there are advantages and disadvantages to those bye weeks. And I think he did like having six games down, you know, a couple of bye weeks and then three to go. But he was like, but we did like it the way it was where it's a grind to go through the whole season, but then to get a two week break at the end of the playoffs, that's very nice. And now mm-hmm. instead of a break going into the playoffs I and mean, you have 
one of your toughest games, if not your toughest game of the year. I, I yeah. can't even say because they didn't play Coronado, who beat both of them. But easily your most impactful game of the year as far as seeding and district and all of that. Right. Um, you know, and playoffs are – it's crazy. We're deep in the playoffs with the smaller schools, but – Big schools are, uh, I believe, two weeks away, right? We're, we're two weeks away from the playoffs. Yeah, because let's see, we have this week, and then next week is the first, That's it. Yeah. The first week of December. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely glad for this year before. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah so, so this will be – that'll be it, basically. Absolutely. And it's to – ha- to go right into the playoffs, I mean, usually when you're a team like Cooper, that first round is almost like a bye because you get some team that you can – you know, beat up pretty good. Well, um, I won't. I won't be overconfident and say that. But yes, generally, the the matchups with the four seed are not as competitive. Difficult, yes. You know, but I this this week I think will tell me. And it is very good. Their first game back uh, was not Ryder. I think that would not yeah. have been a fair assessment of who they were. Yeah, because like you even saw, like they're working through things against Wiley. I mean, Coach Jarden even said right. it's kind of like the start of a season. Like guys have missed a lot of practice time where we haven't played in weeks. We're out of our rhythm. Like there's a lot different to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now I think it was very important to get that game, get the win first of all, but get that game under their belts. Now, mm-hmm. you know they, they've got to feel so much more comfortable. It's weird to say they have to feel so much more comfortable against a great team like Ryder this week than they were coming back against a okay team against Wiley just because they've, okay, they're back in their rhythm. We got a week of practice. We played a game. We get through another week of practice. It's got to, and there's no school this week. So I know they right. get even, uh, the practices are even, you know, moved even more and mm-hmm. hopefully for them, you know, they can be prepared. Yeah. We'll also be hoping to have another rivalry in town with Coronado and Monterey. Uh, things have just been, we talk about Lubbock high having a tough break, but Monterey is, kind of right up there with, with Jim. The, that and brutal. Faced. Yeah, you know, they, they go from having – they lose the Odessa game because of COVID, um, so they don't have their first game. They have to play Wiley, which they lost, who they lost to, um, you know. And then they have Lubbock High, who cancels, um, so they can't play a game. Then they have the regular open week. Then no sooner than they have the regular open week, they have their own outbreak. Um, and have to forfeit that game against Tascosa, which I know that was not ideal. Uh, coach Hutch was trying every way he could, you know, which included he was going to coach the offensive line. You know, if that doesn't say commitment, I don't know what does. <laughs> they, heard, I think they were down to what, I think, two offensive coaches between the wide receivers coach was still available and Coach Hutch was still available, but right. that, that was it. So yeah. it was like they would have had to have – I'm guessing the wide receivers coach probably also takes quarterbacks and maybe running backs, something like that. And then coach Hutch, well, maybe coach Hutch takes running backs and O-line, you know, something like that, where that's tough. And yeah. I think Tascosa, I mean, of all the teams we had, I agree. Lubbock high has definitely had the worst, but Monterey is right there as far as the impact to the seasons. It's very yeah. unlucky. And they're, you know, they're going to try this. We got a chance to catch up with him. Uh, Coach Hutch earlier today, we're filming this on Monday, as I mentioned, um, and it's hopefully looking better, but there, I mean, it's still a lot, you know, it can go any way because, you know, you have kids that, yes, well, I'll, okay, I'll say this. So th- there's a two week window where they say, you know, okay, if you start to show symptoms, you know, out two weeks, or if you've been around someone 10 to 14 days, but the thing is there's no real time frame 
for the symptoms. Like 14 days is generally how long they last, but you've seen where people have symptoms, you know, for 21 days or it just doesn't, you know, get much better. So it sounds like there are kids that have symptoms um, and they're monitoring that situation and, and they're going to do their best to, to be able to play because, you know, yeah, it sucked to, sucks to lose the Tascosa game, but losing this one would almost be like losing the Lubbock oh. Spurs game, you know? I think this would be the worst one to lose. I, I yeah. that's why I think Coach Hatch is going to do everything possible, like to lose the Coronado rivalry game. I know Lubbock High has the history of the rivalry right. game, but that passion in recent years, it's definitely Monterey Coronado. Like you, absolutely, you, you, you do not want to give a forfeit victory to your rival. I mean, no. I think you'd rather. I think Coach Hatch would rather go out there and lose by sixty than give a forfeit victory to Coronado. Yeah, I'm sure he'd rather win, but yes. Definitely winning would be number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's – I think this would be the worst one to lose by far. I mean, Tascosa – I mean, the other two, they got the win, so obviously that doesn't hurt as bad. Uh, and then Tascosa, you do lose, but it's like, okay, it's the first time you're playing, like, in years. You know, it's that, that's mm-hmm. different. Coronado, that would be such a buzzkill on the entire season to lose a game like that or to, yeah. to forfeit a game like that. The good thing is Coronado also had a week off. So, um, you know, because Caprock had to forfeit, which obviously wasn't ideal for either program. But, you know, so it's not like one is having a quote-unquote advantage of having time off or having played um, because they both are in the same situation. Now, the thing I kind of wondered about was that um, I was kind of wondering if they could have moved up the Coronado-Tascosa game to last week since – you know, both had to for I didn't ask anybody about that, but I just kinda wondered. Uh, like, pretty good and then make Monterey Tascosa the week that they were gonna play Coronado. It could have been. You know, just I bet, you know who would say no though, uh, would be Tascosa because they can get a forfeit victory against Monterey and they don't have to on a three or four days notice all of a sudden switch to yeah. a great Coronado team. So like well, if you're Tascosa, you're probably saying, Nah, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing is they wouldn't have had to travel because it was a home game for them. And yeah. it's a Friday game as opposed to next Thursday. That's true. That's true. There, there's a lot of different things. But, you know, as far as Granite game played, um, I think it should be a good one. Um, if Monterey is going on all cylinders, sometimes they can – not always consistent with, you know, the level of performance. But I think that wouldn't have been a problem in this game just because – like there's bragging rights on the line, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, just the talent that they've showed, I think they could make it competitive because you know, with the two quarterback system of Keyshawn Harris and, and uh, Tyron Bradley and, you know, Tyron even playing both ways and building up that conditioning to be effective. Um, he's been huge. And we always talk about Lubbock Cooper's defense, but Monterey has a really good defense too with that front. Um, just so crazy with, you know, Zylish Johnson and Latarian McCulley, and, you know, a lot of those guys, even, you know, with Jaden Hilliard and, and those type of uh, those type of players. But, you know, and then just too, Coronado's defense has been just stifling this season. Yeah, it, it has been. Yeah. You know, and they're just as deep with, you know, I can rattle off like five or six guys' names just, you know, based on performances from the Amarillo High game alone. Uh, so I think it has the makings of being a really fun one, um, hoping they get to play. God, it, 
we didn't even talk like you you kind of briefly touched on it there. that test goes to coronado game next week it, like ridiculous of course it comes down you know assuming coronado takes care of his sending the test goes everything holds mm-hmm. that game's going to be i mean not a playoff game because obviously neither one's eliminated if they lose it'll have that but feel though that's gonna have that feel big dead honestly for coronado it's gonna feel coronado and monterey their playoffs really start this week as far as the feel of it like Playing yeah. a, that rivalry game, if they get to play it, then Coronado, Tascosa, mm-hmm. um, then you actually do – so Coronado, that's something to ask Coach Parr. Uh, hopefully get to talk to him at some point this week. But we really do want to see that. There's only there's a few games in our area each year where it's it's a good rivalry game. You know they – it's it's always fun when they go against each other. It's like, you know, how New Deal Post always was. Um, Monterey, Coronado – uh, Cooper friendship generally just there's certain there's certain those matchups that you just want and it doesn't feel quite like a full football season as crazy as everything's been with COVID there's like certain matchups if we can have those maybe things can feel fairly normal better yeah yeah so hopefully uh, we get to see that this week yeah and just kind of looming for Tasco so they actually had the open week this week um, mm. we offer a couple weeks when they Coronado, which might work in their favor having a Thursday game as opposed to Friday because it gives them, you know, not as much time. But then also you could say that about Coronado having played because if you beat an in-town rival, that gives you that momentum, you know, and, and still undefeated. Uh, Tascosa has lost a game. They lost to uh, Midland Lee 31-21. Yep. Um, so take that for, for what it is. They actually played three schools from that district. They beat Abilene and Permian. Um, but I don't know. That's still, I think that's still going to be a really special game, um, between those two teams next week, but definitely don't want to overlook this week because as you know, in 2020, anything is possible and anything bound to happen. Um, then just jumping off, uh, before Monterey and Coronado play Lubbock high, we'll play Amarillo high, um, for that afternoon game. Um, and then jumping back to some playoffs, we have uh, mentioned the Canadian and Idaloo game. Post, another one of our two smaller school undefeateds, uh, they play Panhandle. They'll actually play after Lubbock, Cooper, and Ryder play at 7 p.m. They're at First United Park, Pirate Stadium at First United Park. Um, I'll be able to, to check that one out. That should be a good game between two quality teams. Um, also have... Uh, Borden County and Happy playing Leveland on Saturday. I'm hoping to get out to that one. Should be another good one. Uh, actually met Coach Perryman there when he was coaching at Hart. Took over that Happy program and, and is doing really well. They're 11-1 on the season right now. Um, other games, Motley County still going, playing Balmoray. Uh, Balmoray, got my pronunciation. Balmoray <laughs> is undefeated. They play in Garden City at 6.30 on Friday. Uh, then we have Lubbock Christian who plays Grace Prep in Arlington on Friday. Then, like I mentioned, Trinity Christian will play Pinty Christian at their place at 5 p.m. on Friday. And that's – Brian, that's all we have left. And then Kingdom Prep, of course, uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, it, we're actually pretty lucky at KLBK. Just the way everything broke, like when the games are, where, you know, where they're taking place. We're actually – so there's 13 games – not getting any of the private schools just because of where they are. They're all, you know, usually a lot of those taps playoff games are in tough places to get to, but of the other 10, we are shooting seven and getting the other three. Idaloo up in uh, Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Midland has uh, Motley County and garden city. 
And then Plainview is over in uh, Abilene. I believe at Abilene Wiley. I believe that sounds right. Yeah. Um, so we're actually able to show this late in the year to be able to show all except for the – at least of the public schools, all the games. And then maybe we'll try to find some streams or some of the private schools, you know. But it's mm-hmm. – that's uh, pretty fortunate. To, I, I was thinking, man, hopefully like Idaloo plays somewhere reasonable. And I, I was honestly kind of surprised Idaloo's game is even all the way up at Kimbrough. I thought it might be somewhere a little closer to Lubbock. Um, like I know Canadians more north, but yeah. I just thought maybe they'd meet a little more close, but whatever. Um, so it is exciting to get all these games. Tough one though, Motley County. Uh, Jayton's very good team. They beat Motley County just a couple weeks ago and Balmore absolutely Jayton. demolished them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, that was tough. Uh, that was a tough one for Jayton. I mean, you can't even argue with the rankings. Jayton beat Motley County, so they were number two. Motley County was number three, and they got dominated by Balmoray. Now, Motley County gets their shot, and the one thing you can say, while Motley County may not have had a better season and beaten Jayton head-to-head, this time in the playoffs last year, they were winning games they shouldn't and got all the way to the state championship. So, you got that part you got to like for Motley County. And then Post, mm-hmm. Panhandle's a good team, but – Right. Post should continue to do what Post does uh, and yeah. dominate out there. Well, it's like we said, it's almost like they're they're even better this year, not just because of the senior leadership, but because they have guys like Isaiah Crawford, who's only a sophomore, you know, stepping up and, and being big time and big moments. You kind of worry, you know, well, some might worry about how playoffs and how those younger guys might respond to yeah. playoffs, you know, the postseason, but it just it doesn't seem like they've had much really fall off. Um, it'll be, you know, something that they can be proud of, really. You know what I was impressed by? I didn't get to watch the post game. You know, it was mainly it was just highlights and following it live. Early on, it was only fourteen six, and I know it became twenty six. I believe it was fourteen six. It was like, man, twenty to six at halftime for post in the second round of playoffs. That is, I mean, shocking. Like that, you don't see that. Yeah. The final score was 61 to six. So they all scored 41 to zero on the same. I'm like, okay, there they were. Now, and what, what can't be, we talked about this last week. What cannot be overstated. They had not played in three weeks. They had back-to-back forfeits right. in, in the year against Tahoka and the, the first shot against West Texas high. They, they, they hadn't played. So I am right. sure that factored in, in that first half, like, cause I mean, the, fact that the, second, the second half that it was 41 to zero you have to believe the first half being it was 20 to six, but it was really 14 to six or less seven to six or 46, a large portion of the first half. You have to think it was not playing for a couple weeks factors into that. Because when you come out in the second half and dominate 41 to zero, I was like, okay, that's more of the post team that we're, we're used to seeing, you know? Yeah. And I definitely think that now that you mentioned that definitely plays a factor because you figure, you know, you see some teams kind of get rusty with, one week off, you yeah. know, they're coming off a of bye week and, you know, that's expected. Like, you know, when your bye week is, but when you have two weeks where you think you're going to play that, that can have a, even just a, a mental effect on you. Cause it's like, okay, well, what if this one gets canceled or yep. you get yourself so hyped up to play in this game and then find out it gets canceled. It, it kind of sucks. Um, so that definitely could have been part of it. Um, though <laughs> Panhandle won't have that, uh, that cushion, that buffer. Nope. nope. That's, that's not happening this week. And if you believe in looking at, you know, opponents to opponents, um, 
They both played Hale Center, and post victory was 83 to nothing. Panhandles was not. So if you, if you just want to look at you know, common opponents, just throwing that out there. Well, there you go. Then if they win that one, they'll play either Holly or Cisco. Holly and Cisco took down their uh, district opponents. Holly beat Sundown 34 to 20. Um, expected kind of a, a close game there. And then Cisco beat Olton 46 to 15. Still a good season for both, especially, oh, yeah. you know, Olton winning their, their first playoff game in, in quite some time um, against a team they hadn't beaten in quite some time. Uh, so to, oh, yeah. to build on that. And then Coach Cummings does a, a great job as well as Coach Laster. Um, so I'm sure Coach Cummings will have Sundown ready to go again next year to try to get over Holly. It's kind of a that's another one that's kind of become kind of a back and forth in the postseason and playing each other uh, for the past three years, um, just kind of how it goes up in this area. Um, well, I'm glad you brought each of them up because they did both. Those are two programs that should be very, not like satisfied, but very happy with what they did this year. Sundown beat New Deal. They won a playoff game. I know that Holly is like that thorn in the side these last couple of years. I know that's a tough yeah. way to lose. Olden to get their first playoff win in 11 years, especially over New Deal. Um, both, I think both of those programs have good things coming, but you can easily look back on 2020 for Sundown and Olden, and in my opinion, say it was a successful year. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and we'll be looking for, for that again next year. Uh, but for this year, you know, we still have uh, quite a few teams going that have some really good chances. It's going to be a fun week. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's going to be busy just because there's so much and we have early deadlines, so I have to get all my content in by tomorrow. Um, so that'll be a fun task to get all that in. Um, the other thing I want to shout out, we still have two volleyball teams playing, both of which had really good weeks. Um, start with Friendship, who beat El Paso Americas in a sweep. And that was their first ever Class 6A playoff win. Shocking. Because they've been such a good program. Like yeah, I just think it was awesome, too, because, like, Devin Nairn is such a young player, and she had 14 kills, you know, and ended up having the, the final kill to win the match. Uh, just really nice to see from from uh, from Devin and Coach True over there at Friendship. Yeah, that's – we talked about this before the podcast. It is shocking that's their first playoff win in 6A because they've been so good for so many years. Um and I don't know how much friendship with the amount of success they've had. I don't know if they look as much at that first playoff win as Trinity Christian football does as far as, like, hey, we got over the hump. I think, I think it's a little different. But, absolutely, congratulations to them. And they, they are a solid program. I think they're only, I think they're only getting – they're only going to get better as long as Coach True is there and they're, they're building that place. I think there's plenty more playoff wins to come as the years go by. Yeah, I think it's important just to remember that this is, I believe, her fourth year – you know, so this is now her system, if you will. Whereas, yeah. you know, um, last year was her first graduating class, I believe it was. So maybe this is her fifth year. Um, and now you're starting to see, you know, how her personality and her, how she conducts things kind of taking over, uh, which is awesome. And the same can be said for Carly Morrison there at Lubbock Cooper. Um, I didn't realize until doing a little research, she came from Leveland. So this is her first or her first time at the 5A level, um, fourth year with the program, and the first time they've won a playoff game um, since 2016. Again, same deal, very experienced senior class. Um, the thing about Lubbock Cooper, I got to watch them play against Plainview in that by district game. 
they just have power hitters. Like Kale and outside just completely just flies in and just is so commanding with her kills and her placement. Um, Tatum Farmer there played middle, I believe. She told uh, Randy Rosette at Help City Preps that this is her first year playing middle. They had to switch some things around. Um, and she just took it in stride, just did not seem to have any real fall off. Um, very dominant, had timely kills when they needed them. Um, I think one of the things that also helps is they have a two-setter system. So with McKeeley Underwood um, and Amanda Kell, so when one's not in, the other's in, and just gives them that different look. Um, Dalia Hill coming in, thought it was really special. Demaya Hill had been battling an ACL injury, had only played against Lubbock High, came in, and her very first rotation in, she gets a kill. Um, and so it just – I mean, it just doesn't really seem – and then Kate Seagull – or Kate Siegel there – um, the back row defensively has been solid for them for as long as she's been on varsity. So it just seems like they're, they're just a really strong team. Absolutely. I mean, they, that's also how you build a program when you bring Simon Loveland's been good in the past too, you know, but you, I don't know how much, maybe you'd be better to answer this, but I don't know how much you put on in volleyball, you know, that postseason success, but it seems like we, we have so many of them that take strides throughout the year Mm-hmm. And like Cooper has, like Friendship has. But Friendship was a program that you really needed to see postseason success. I mean, they've dominated through, through the regular season before. Right. So you saw that with them. Cooper's been kind of back and forth in that regular season. But I think both of those programs are very um, – what's the not even up and coming, but they, they are definitely strong programs that are only going to add to it. You know what I mean? Like They're yeah. only going to add to what they are because both of those places are very good athletics across the board. Mm-hmm. And I think volleyball is showing that in – in the way they keep both, both of them keep taking steps. Yeah. And the thing too, I think, and, and coach Morrison talked about this is their district realignment. Yeah. So we in the district with, you know, Randall and Emerald high yeah. granted they did beat Emerald high in the regular or the non district yeah. season yeah. and took Randall to five sets, which is probably one of the best matches I've covered. Um, definitely this year. And maybe since I, I've been in West Texas, but yeah. you know, just in terms of that competition level, um, so not having them in the district definitely helped them to not, you know, get that three or four seed that they always get. Exactly, yeah. But at the same time, you know, that that doesn't take away from the fact that you can't get overconfident, you can't underestimate. Because, I mean, if you look at that match when they played Plainview, Lubbock Cooper made a lot of mistakes, and that allowed Plainview to capitalize and, and go on some nice runs and kind of narrow the score. But – <laughs> Coach Morrison has a great personality. She just I asked her about that, and I said, you know, what was the difference? She goes, I chewed him out. <laughs> that's a that's a good way to motivate your team. <laughs> yeah, if it works, I mean. Well, they went on a 10-0 run to start the third set, so I, I think it's safe to say <laughs> definitely worked. Um, but you know, and that's what you, it's 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 easy to get complacent, you know, especially when when you're just dominating. So you know, it does take a good discipline and just a mental toughness to kind of stay in it and they did you know like I said they came out and had that 10-0 run there in the third set against Plainview on Saturday and ended up winning um via the sweep and then they'll go on to play El Paso High this week or today actually we're filming this on today so by the time we finish uh or by the time this gets to everyone Lubbock Cooper could have another playoff win under their belt possibly playing Amaro High um, in the regional quarters, or they could be at home. But we'll definitely be wishing them, sending them some good luck. And then um, Friendship will be playing 
today being Tuesday um, Mm -hmm. in Sweetwater, I believe it is. Um, And so that will be uh, two that we'll be keeping our eye on our last two volleyball teams Um, going right now. Coronado got knocked out by Amarillo High in that first round. Um, So definitely wishing some good luck to the Tigers and Lady Pirates uh, this coming today. Um, hopefully kind of retro (laughs) good luck uh, and then good luck to to friendship today absolutely good luck to both programs so thank you all for listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity podcast be sure to stay tuned as I talk to Kingdom Prep coach Jeff Klein about their game which is today aka Tuesday against Austina And we're back with the second segment of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm joined by Kingdom Prep football coach Jeff Klein. Coach, this season has obviously been kind of a, a different one for everyone, but, you know, you guys are in a good position. You play Faustina this week. What's this season been, been like for, for you guys here? Um, overall, it's been great. You know, I mean, obviously in the beginning with Taps delaying our season four or five weeks, it was kind of the unknown um, but we've been blessed. We, we've been able to play every scheduled game. We haven't had any cancellations. Um, and so we've been fortunate in, in that aspect. And I think it's really helped us as a team just being able to go, hey, we can only control what we can control, focus on that, and um, be really unified. And so, I mean, it's been a great season. We're excited to play this week. We play tomorrow at Festina on Tuesday. Um, and so we're excited to play in a playoff game. It's always fun playing Thanksgiving week. So we're excited. The boys are excited. Then having those four weeks, what more were you able to kind of work on uh, versus maybe in past years where you didn't have as much time? Yeah, so I think um, it, it did a couple things. One, we really focused on gradually building them in to, um, um, I guess, football shape. So where sometimes you may have felt like, okay, we got to rush it in a week or two because we got a scrimmage in two weeks. And we, ate, we, we took our time and really focused on the fundamentals um, and almost didn't rush through some of the fundamental parts that we may have felt pressured to do in the past. And I think it, take, it, it has helped us. Um, our blocking, our tackling looks really good this year. Um, so I, I think just all of that has helped. So we focus primarily on, on the fundamentals, blocking, tackling, um, making sure we are in great uh, football shape. And, and um, we, we've been had minimal injuries and so it's been a really good season so far one of the things too we talked about before was just that chemistry and finding that same kind of gelling together that y'all had last year how have you seen that just fall into place um it was it was rough at first um and and not necessarily um because of the boys on the team i think two things led to that one is we had a great senior class last year and they were just the nucleus of the team, they brought everybody together, and um, we could tell early on we were going to miss that leadership. Mm-hmm. So that was one, and just having this new team adjust to what was it going to be their style and how were they going to interact. So that was one part of it. The second part of it too, I think, was just teenage kids with being in quarantine uh, for a few months and not really having the personal um, communication, and then all of a sudden now we're all together and in team atmosphere. And it took it probably took a month for them to really get back into sync of seeing each other every single day. And, um, you know, just, I don't want to say getting along cause that's not, it wasn't like they weren't getting along, but almost starting to go, you know, if you've been, if you were home in quarantine for two, three, four months, like they were and, and very minimal 
in-person interaction right. and then all of a sudden, bam, now you're like two, three hours in each other's you know, business and, and it took a little bit to adjust, but I will tell you that, I mean, right now the chemistry is great. Um, it's better than I thought it would be. You know, it was a little bit of a concern at the beginning of the season. Our two seniors have really stepped up and taken um, uh, leadership and, and taken charge and, and the, the team chemistry is, is high and it's exciting going into the playoffs. And do you think just with the the kind of year it's been that's helped to create that bond as far as just dealing with, you know, wearing the mask and, you know, even though you were able to play all the games, just uncertainty that you might not and things like that? Yes. Yeah. And we had a lot of those conversations of like, you just never know when the season could be over. So cherish every minute of this and cherish your time together as a team. And this team will never be together again after the season. And we don't know when the season's going to end. You know, it could have happened in the middle middle of October, September. And, and so almost um, the, the emphasis has been having an attitude of gratitude every day, just being thankful that we're playing, being thankful that we're outside, being thankful that we're able to to uh, be together and, and, and play this great game. And then also just cherish the moment, you know, just this, you never know what's going to end. Just give everything you have and, and enjoy each other. Enjoy this team. Cause you just never know when it's going to last seems, when it's going to end. Seems like they've done that only one loss on the season. What's been the, the biggest success or what's been the thing that's really driving this team right now? Um, I think, well, I will say that um, there's no jealousy. So I'll start with that, which has been, which has been cool. And if you take a look at, We've had seven games, and in all seven games, someone has stepped up in the game, um, and it hasn't been one person. I mean, we, it's been one week someone is, you know, a stat leader, and everybody's congratulating that person and, and no jealousy, and then next week it's someone else's time. And one of the strengths that we have is that um, we have a lot of playmakers, and so you cannot key on one person. And if you try to take one person out, someone else steps up and, and – um, it's been one of our, I, I think, I, successes of this year. It's, it's that we're, we're hard to key on one person. And then I think the boys understand that, and there's no jealousy, and there's a really unified spirit, which, which has been fun. I mean, it's been fun coaching these, these boys, and it's fun watching them and, and cheering them on. Then last game, it looked like Justin Cunningham was kind of that guy. What's he just meant to this team, and particularly in that game two weeks ago, and I guess it would have been? Um, yeah, so he's he's one of our seniors, and he's really taken um, a leadership uh, role. So we challenged him at the beginning of the of the season um, to to. He's always had been the work. He's been the grinder, um, the work ethic, um, and and average and being vocal. And we're like, can you be a little more vocal? Um, it's great being a great example of hard work, and, and the boys would follow him in that. But he's been able to also become more of a vocal leader, um, which has been great. And I think there's a lot of success for that. And then you just see the hard work uh, that keeps paying off and he keeps getting better every single week, you know? So I know the game you're talking about, I mean, he had, he had a interception return for a touchdown. He had a fumble recovery, you know, for a touchdown. He took a a 40 yard pass, you know, for a touchdown. Um, He did a 50 yard run for a touchdown. I mean, it was just like every, like four minutes and it was, it was, he was just scoring somehow. Um, so it was fun watching that, but it goes back to, he has worked hard since his freshman year. Um, and he just has always gotten better every single week. And, and he's one that really focuses on fundamentals, um, and getting better in that. And then you just see it even this season. I mean, you could see it every, every season to season, he gotten better, but even this week throughout or this season, throughout this season, he's just gotten better week by week. So we're excited for him going into the playoffs that, that what he's able to do.
Yeah, it never hurts to, to go into the postseason with the win there. You guys got the victory over Lubbock Titans now. Like I said, you'll have Faustina next week. I guess being that it is a short week and you have to play on a Tuesday, did it help to have that, that open week this past week? Or what are some kind of things that you focused on, you know, just preparing for, for a Tuesday game, which is kind of different? Right. Um, yeah, so so Festina and us had a bye last week. Um, so then we started looking at it and just going, hey, should we play the game before Thanksgiving? Um, and so we decided to play on Tuesday in the middle of the week, which neither one of us has ever done. So this is a first for both programs. But it's exciting that it's Thanksgiving week and, and – um, after the game, you know, families are able to celebrate Thanksgiving together. Um, and then also uh, the team that wins actually has a little extra time to prepare and heal, you know, for the next playoff game. So um, it's kind of a win-win, and, and, and it's been fun. I mean, I, I, last week um, the boys were ready to go. I think Friday or Saturday I think they wanted to play the game. Um, they were pretty pumped up. And so, uh, you know, part of it is keeping their emotion in check and right. getting them to, to peak you know, uh, for the game and not get too excited too fast. But um, we were able just to we really just focus on the fundamentals and just making sure as we go into the game, be strong in the fundamentals and, and um, play our game and just focus on, on what we control and what we can do. And, and um, uh, we're excited. What are you seeing from Faustine on film? Well, offensively, um, you know, they've got a really good offensive um, group of guys. They do a ton of different formations. So, I mean, you'll see 10, 11, 12 formations in a game and, and with some shifts and some motion. So they try to create some confusion and, um, you know, so, and then they get the ball to their skill players um, and, and utilize that. So uh, we just got to make sure defensively we scheme around that and, and we're prepared. Um, and then their defense, you know, they've got, they got, again, good athletes on the field and they kind of have a bend but don't break. So um, it's hard to have big plays against them. If you watch all their games, they don't give up many, many big plays. So you've got to be patient and, and um, consistently just drive it down the field and then punch it in when you get close to the goal line. That'll be a 2 p.m. kickoff in Abilene? Um, in Bryson. Bryson, there we go. Okay. Yes, yeah, so 2 p.m. Sounds good. Well, good luck, Coach, and we'll hope you have one more thing to be thankful for after tomorrow. That's right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. <laughs>